0: Get ready for the sequel. It's time you get to know more about the world of databases and the depths of the database management systems. The best part is that these are highly utilized in the market today. So stay tuned. The Computer Science Software Engineering College Courses Review Podcast. Where we describe the core courses that all aspiring computer scientists and software engineers should take on their college path. And now your host. Hello, welcome everyone to the CSSE College Courses Review Podcast, where we go over the most important courses that a software engineering dude or a computer scientist should go through or at least know something about. It's been a while, you know, um, well, I've had certain complications due to college, but I'm here now. Uh, And yes, we are back guys, we're back to the lab again, and this time with one of the most technologically advanced courses, Databases 2. I'm excited and fearful at the same time because this course was a hard one for me. It really got me out of my comfort zone and led me to believe that maybe software engineering was not for me. But thankfully, with effort, perseverance, and lots of help, I was able to pass with the bare minimum. (laughs) I know I sound like a shonen anime character when I say that, but it's the truth. And it's only the truth, so let's begin. What is this course about, you ask? And why is it so hard for me? Well, I'll tell you. The main objective of the course is for the student to be able to evaluate in practice the advanced functionalities of a database management system, like replication, failover operations, cluster operations, XML document storage and retrieval, object storage and retrieval, and all of this for the information systems that are used in the market today. And if you didn't listen to the past episodes, I talked about in some of them about the fear of new technologies and projects. These come on a constant basis in the software engineering world. It's like your bread and butter, okay? You're always going to encounter changes and new ways of doing things. So the better you adapt to those changes, the better you will do. The thing is that I'm a guy who loves principles and not tactics. Someone who is reluctant of change by nature. So courses like this one and others are just tough for me. I'm fearful by nature to the unknown and the vast range of errors that my project throws at me. So I really had a hard time. Not to mention my professor was a particular individual, which I may say still to this day, he was the hardest professor I've ever been with in my entire life. He was demanding and he expected the highest quality of results in our work. He was also determined to find if we understood all of our code, all of our decisions, and all of our reasoning behind every single part of the project. In part, it was a way in which he could be sure that every single student that passed one of his classes had a quality assurance stamp that guaranteed best practices and competence. TLDR had a really tough time. (laughs) The course was composed of only projects, and you know what that means, right? time consumption to the max. Nothing can make me more fearful than a project not being completed to the point where it can be evaluated because it can happen that a project couldn't have the necessary mechanics for an evaluation, in which case you receive nothing more than a zero. So it's a pretty cruel world out there for us. (laughs) But the bright side is that we learn how to get things done. And even if we succumb to fear at first, we can remember the times where we strived and persevered with a project all the way to the end, and our efforts were paid off. And that is exactly what gives me confidence and a little peace of mind in times like these. But enough of that, let's get into what this course is about. So instead of telling you the contents of the course, I thought it would be more fun to tell you about the different projects that we had to develop throughout the semester. It's also a way to remember nostalgically (laughs) the many hardships I suffered. (laughs) So, starting out, we went over Databases 1 concepts. For this, we needed to create a relational database design for an application that already exists. This application is pretty cool, actually. It, It lets you pay without cash on bars or pubs. So the idea is that you go to a bar and you order from your phone and you pay for it automatically. Then the waiter delivers the drinks to your table, so you don't have to get up from your seat, you do everything from your phone. As you can imagine, the relational database design for this application is quite big, (laughs) and it's even bigger if you implement good software practices which strive for scalability and traceability. Long story short, our final design had over 30 tables and like 6 to 7 logs. It was monstrous and we got an 80 for it. I mean, I was sort of okay with it. We could have done worse, but I can't help think that we could have sold that design to some company due to the level of detail and complexity that we had in that thing. I freaking swear guys, it was something out of this world. But okay, moving on. Our second big assignment was to install a failover cluster over two computers so that the failover system could be tested. If you guys don't know, a failover system is one where the data in the database across multiple computers is not lost. If one computer is shut down, the other computers are supposed to take over and administer the full integrity of the data. For this project, we needed to install a Microsoft failover cluster on two computers from the lab at Tech. And in theory, it was an easy thing to do. The only thing was that it was a long process, very time consuming. So it was so dang long that me and my partner had to stay over the night in the lab and stay up all night. (laughs) So revisions came along, okay? And it turned out that none of us had done the installation of the right failover cluster. The one we had installed was one that looked almost identical to the one we had to do. So, we got a 40, (laughs) the highest grade for that project. And this leads me to my first tip of the episode. Always ask your professor if you can. My professor made himself available for everyone and even gave us his personal cell phone number. We didn't ask him which cluster exactly to install because we didn't want to bother him. We were too afraid. Maybe you think that you'll look stupid or helpless if you ask. Well. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And it doesn't have to be that way. If you ask the right questions, then the teacher will see the knowledge that you already possess and the interest on the matter, and he or she will try to guide you to the right path. And here's another tip. Don't ask the teacher to explain a whole topic again. Instead, ask him or her to go over a small point of the topic to clear up your precise doubt in the matter. This will make your professor see that you do understand the topic, but you are having trouble with only a small part of it. It also makes him or her see that you are responsible and that you want to know more about it. Okay, having that said, and after I learned that valuable lesson, we had to develop a system in MongoDB and Cassandra. If you listen to the Databases 1, you might remember that in Databases 2, it's all about No-SQL databases, okay? Non-relational databases are quite the interesting topic because your perspective on data storage is put into question a lot. (laughs) For example, one of the core differences from SQL databases is that No-SQL databases are document-based and usually done in a key-value-pair system. So while SQL databases represent data in form of tables, which consists of a number of rows and data, NoSQL databases are the collection of key value pairs, documents, graph databases, or wide column stores, which do not have a standard schema definition that it needs to follow. In short, NoSQL databases are more flexible, they permit null values and blank spaces. I mean, it's very different from SQL databases. For example, scalability. In most typical situations, SQL databases are vertically scalable. You can increase the management of data by increasing the CPU, the RAM, the SSD, and other components on a single server. On the other hand, NoSQL databases are horizontally scalable. You can just add few more servers easily on your NoSQL database infrastructure to handle the large traffic. Oh, but yeah. We had to create a MongoDB cluster with a failover system that let you turn off a node and the other nodes would take over the operations, which made it seem like nothing ever happened to the system. Everything had to work seamlessly and perfectly. Not only that, but we had to obtain certain types of tweets from Twitter through a Node.js application and send the data to a Cassandra cluster pretty interesting, right? (laughs) I know it is because I did it. (laughs) Well, my partner and me divided the work between each other and I had to work more on the Cassandra side of the project. Well, at the end we received A73. (laughs) And it was after many second chances that the professor gave us to redo the whole thing and redo it better and more efficiently. And I remember this is very embarrassing. (laughs) In one of our revisions I had copied 10 times a very similar block of code from the obtention of the tweets, you know? My professor, as soon as he saw the code, he asked me, Why the heck didn't you put this block of code inside a while statement to be executed 10 times? And my answer was, because it worked. So I didn't want to touch anything. Bad answer. My professor discounted 10 points off the Cassandra part just like that, and I mean, Shame on me back then because I was so fearful that I compromised the efficiency of the system just so it could sort of work at first, instead of being a good engineer, sticking to my guts of efficiency improvements, and really figuring out why didn't it work when I put it inside a while statement. Later on, I had to redo that part, and I figured out what was it. You know, a funny part of bugs is that you struggle with them a lot, even like for weeks sometimes, And when you finally reach the conclusion, when you finally know what happened, you sort of, like, forget after a while. (laughs) It costs you a lot of pain and struggle and peace, and then you just forgot about it. (laughs) It's quite interesting. It's quite an interesting thing. Well, that was sort of a bummer, but we passed. So, you know, it's that feeling of happiness, but also sort of worry at the same time. We had a tough professor. It was going to be a tough ride, just like we had experienced up to that point. And so the final project came along. I had the worst time of my life with this one. The project revolved around a hypothesis and an experiment to test the hypothesis. The thing is that it was all done for the big data systems. Okay. What is big data? Well, big data is data in huge volumes. It's also it also has different characteristics. And they're known as the 5 Vs of big data. Okay, so velocity, volume, value, variety, and veracity. If you have these 5 Vs, Uh, especially in volume, (laughs) then you are said to have big data. Now, this is not the only way of defining it. There are a lot of other ways of defining big data, and it's also a very disruptive theme nowadays. So, you know, it has a lot of different connotations and definitions, but one of the most accepted ones is the five Vs. Now, what did we have to do? What we had to do was get a hypothesis and test it with real data to see if it was okay or if it was a total piece of junk. (laughs) So let's say that my hypothesis was that people in Chicago had less traffic accidents in the summer. Then I would have three tables to draw conclusions from. One of them would be temperatures in different parts of Chicago all throughout two years. Another one would be, let's say, traffic accidents throughout two years. And the last one would be... I don't know, maybe wins throughout two years. So what we had to do was perform data treatment to these tables so that they wouldn't be so big, first of all. I mean, I'm talking about, like, two gigabytes, just a single table. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> and um, so, yeah. So they would be not as big at first because we would be performing data treatment. And for this, we had to use three different approaches. Map Reduce in Java, Spark, and Calderas Hive. So from these new data sets, which were still big if I may add, we had to converge the data for analysis in a Power VI framework so that we could clearly see and show data for our analysis. If this sounds kind of complicated, it's because it is. We had like a month to do all this and at the end we barely were able to complete it. However, as always, we got something like a 72. Goodness guys, I mean I'm telling you, Tough professors are the worst and the best. It's like the extremes in life, you know? You sort of need them, but you don't like them. And at the end, I was able to pass, but barely, and I had to complete another small assignment for a single point that I needed in order to pass. And this was databases 2 for me. I really struggled with it, but guys, I'm telling you, if I could pass the thing, you can pass as well. Something very important is that you be in constant communication with your partner, that you divide the work accordingly, that you both know exactly what each other did, as we talked about in object-oriented programming and other courses, by the way. Uh, Just be very sure that you implement the best practices, not only technically, but also in soft skills. You need to talk, you need to be able to organize yourselves correctly so that you can be great as a team and great in front of the teacher that is in this case the counterpart so having that said guys never give up always be in constant communication with your teams with your with your uh teammates and i'm telling you just keep going persevere and you'll be able to do it uh thank you very much for listening guys i really had a great time It's been a while. I know um, I've been having different complications with college and different things in life, different personal projects that I will be talking about soon in the podcast as well. So thank you very much, guys, for listening. This has been all for Databases 2, and hope you have an amazing week. Take care. God bless you, and bye-bye.